2: Why? Let them know. It's the inspirational power. Power. you're listening to the inspirational power hour podcast with your host Chandra Wise and as you know this podcast is a place for anyone who loves gospel music We talk to the artists that created, we go behind the genre and talk to producers and songwriters in the community that loves and supports gospel music. But this week we're doing something just a little different. I am talking to the executive director for the NAACP for the state of Mississippi, Corey Wiggins. And we're talking about the significance of the organization past, present and going forward. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you guys. As always, make sure to follow online on Instagram, follow at Chandra Wise on Twitter at Chandra Wise and on Facebook. Make sure to like the Inspirational Power Hour fan page. Let's go ahead and jump right into my conversation with Corey Wiggins. It's the Inspirational Power Hey, guys, you are listening to the Inspirational Power Hour with your host, Chandra Wise. Now, right now, I am excited to talk with the Executive Director of the NAACP for the State of Mississippi, Corey Wiggins. Now, did I get your title right?
1: Sure. Uh, You know, I have the wonderful privilege of serving as the Executive Director for the Mississippi NAACP. Uh, For some folks who have been around the NAACP for a long time, uh, it used to be called Field Secretary. So as many folks know, uh Megan Everett was the first Bill Secretary for the State of Mississippi. Uh and so I have the privilege of serving that role currently.
2: So let's let's dive right into this conversation. Corey, can you talk to us a little bit about the NAACP and their legacy, their history and the work that they've done in our community?
1: Yeah, well, you know, uh as as most folks know, um the NAACP started um or the idea of it started uh, at the Niagara meeting uh, where folks from uh, different parts of the country at the time uh, got together uh, and was really sort of talking about the issues and how uh, in this country, how they were impacting African Americans. One of the major big issues uh, was the lynching of African Americans uh, across the country, and that sort of rose out of, for a number of years early on, the NAACP actually was really, really pushing um, the lynching act. Uh, and then also, um, even in the context of Mississippi, uh, the oldest NAACP branch in Mississippi is actually our, our Vicksburg branch, uh, that was founded, um, in uh, 1918. So it's over 100 years old, uh, here in Mississippi. Uh, and, uh, at its core, we are a civil rights organization that works on issues, uh, around voting, voter rights, uh, making sure that, that, that we are fighting for and fighting against discriminatory policies uh, that really limit opportunity for communities uh, and African-Americans and in general communities of color. Uh, and so a lot of our work is, cuts across this multi-issue, but our core work and who we are, what we do is in the situated and civil rights
2: work. Now, Corey, we know that we have a very important election coming up this fall in November Now, all of our elections are important, and I would love it if you would just take a moment and speak to our listeners about the importance of exercising our rights to vote.
1: Yeah, well, and and that's the thing, right? Mississippi is one of those places where we have elections every year. And so every year we have an opportunity to go to the polls to to voice our support or our displeasure for the officials that we elect on a year-to-year basis. Uh, this year, we have some communities or counties have school board races. You have election commission races happening across the state, Supreme Court races, congressional, and also the presidential election. Uh, and ultimately, uh, when we're talking about about all of these issues that are impacting and affecting our communities. Uh, even when you talk about the moment of now, right, the moment of responding where folks are across the state, and across this country are protesting and rallying, uh, but one of the things that we do know is is a lot of these inequities existed long before uh, the, the senseless murders of George Ford, Breonna Taylor, and others. Uh, and those issues, uh, even uh, once uh, we engage and we rally, how do we stay persistent uh, and engage on these issues to really break down these systemic inequ- inequities that exist um, and that many of us face? And so voting is one strategy. Voting is one way to ensure that you have representation uh, of people, representation of of the values. uh, And more importantly, folks who believe in policy uh, and practices that that are about creating opportunity rather than limiting opportunity.
2: Now, you mentioned the volunteer aspect of the NAACP. Can you talk to us a little bit about membership and volunteerism, what that looks like?
1: Yeah, the NAACP is a member, uh, is a membership driven organization, is a volunteer based organization. Uh, we have member volunteers all across the state of Mississippi. And just for some folks who may not be as familiar with our structure, is the NAACP is a grassroots driven organization that is really led from the bottom up. Uh, and what I say that is, is that in each community, in most communities across the state of Mississippi, there is a local NAACP branch. Uh, for example, there's a Jackson branch, NAACP, a Clinton branch. I'm um, excited that we just revitalized the, the Rankin County branch, NAACP. And so that creates a direct opportunity for people in their community to connect with other concerned citizens uh, about issues in their in their community and a way to volunteer and engage. We have local leadership, so you have people who are close to the issue. Now, our local branches feed into the state NAACP, uh, where I serve as as executive director. We have the leadership with presidents and officers who are all volunteers as well, and leading into the national. And so anybody can become a member of the NAACP. An annual membership for the NAACP uh, is only $30 a year. I encourage people to join their local branch. Uh, but not only to join, but to be involved and engaged. And one thing about it is there's a place for everybody. So if you are a teacher uh, who care about issues uh, as it relates to education, you can become a member. We have an education committee. If you're somebody who cares about uh, criminal justice issues, you can be involved with the local uh, criminal justice committee. And, again, these are volunteers who are showing up each and every day, uh, not because they're getting paid to do it, but they're showing up each and every day uh, to do what's right. Uh, and I'm just so excited. I am, I am proud each and every day, uh, that I get a chance to interact and talk and speak and talk to our member volunteers, uh, about the work that they're doing. And that's what we really want to be able to support. And that's what matters. Whether we're talking about these issues while we're talking about these issues happening nationally, is that each person has an opportunity to change the community in which they live in. You know, uh, what's been interesting is, is that, you know, across Mississippi or across, uh, the country, a lot of the rally and protests uh, that have been happening have been led by by young folks, uh, and that is is an exciting because of the energy, the, the 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 freshness of the ideas, the what's happening right now, and being able to respond are all things uh, that we look to and the and figure out how do we support uh, our young folks, uh, and then how do we help and support our young young folks in sustaining uh, their movement work. One of the things um, that I've been sharing with people the past several weeks, right, where we are at this point in time um, um, is progress. And to some extent, it is is a moment of these factors that if we look back in a historical context that have also happened before. So if you look back into the 60s and look at the murder of Emmett Till, we look at the movement work of organizations like SCLC, NAACP, SNCC, CORE, all of these other local people in communities involved in movement work, leading protests, leading boycotts, uh, thinking about how do we move towards from a place towards a place of, of power uh, to create more economic and, and opportunities, to create more opportunities for fairness and justice, educational opportunities. To some extent, when we look at this moment of now, we have those opportunities to continue to advance uh, an agenda that is inclusive. Uh, and ultimately, uh, we cannot do that without young people helping to lead the way or leading the way. Uh, and so, I'm really excited about that uh, and the opportunities that we have right now with college students being involved and engaged uh, and speaking their truth and uh, how they view these issues, uh, and then taking that that step as we move forward uh, of addressing these policy and systemic issues that continue. Um, to plague our community.
2: So, Corey, you mentioned a little bit the economic aspect of it, and we know that the power of the dollar, it speaks loudly. Can you talk about that a little more and how we can use that to make sure that it's working for us in our community in order to address some of these issues? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and that's the thing. Um, one of the places, so I, I sort of, one of the areas where I've spent a lot of time working is looking at tax and budget policy at the state level. Uh, and one of the things that, that, that I think I understand and most people can acknowledge is that controlling and having access to the purse strings is very important. What I mean is, is that when you look at how do we maximize those spaces and places where we currently have control and power, where we look at, uh, uh, um, you know, people who may be leading organizations, folks who may be leading uh, leading uh, counties or municipalities, how do we leverage uh, these budgets and in and a, and a way to invest in small businesses to support uh, making sure we have opportunities for small businesses, minority-owned businesses to get access to contracts? How do we uh, engage people in a way to talk about what does ownership looks like? Ownership in the context of, of, of creating and supporting small businesses to hire folks in the community uh, to start to create wealth, and what does wealth generation look like? So all of these things become part of a, a overall sort of building of a foundation that we continue to grow that is about creating more economic, economic opportunity. Now, the thing is, is that it's not just one, um, one strategy or one way. What I would say is that is that we have to have a, a, a sort of big ten approach uh in how we sort of look at not only just collectively building power, but how we're looking at how do we build economic power. Um and I think we gotta leverage all the tools in the toolbox. You know, I'm gonna go back to something that you talked about earlier uh around voting. One of, that's why voting is so important when you look at people who are in the, the place to make decisions. And how we spend money, and the context of how we spend money, particularly when we talk about our tax dollars. And one example that holds true, to, uh, true when you think about that, is that any time in the Mississippi State Legislature where there is a movement to to take state revenue or state tax dollars uh, and give those dollars away in the form of tax credits or or, or tax credits to large corporations or to wealthy folks. We do that, and we call that economic development. Now, when we take our tax dollars and give those tax dollars, and want to support working people and working families uh, who may have fallen on hard times, some folks want to call that a handout. But what we're ultimately talking about is is tax dollars that we're all paying into the a system that is supposed to work for us, and that we continue to find that so many times uh, Black folks and working folks lose out on, and that, and so. That connects to me both the reason why we should be engaged in our work to make sure people are voting and at the same time having real conversations about what does it look like to build economic power.
2: So we definitely want all of our listeners to make sure to get engaged and involved. Corey, can you share the website once more for anybody that might be interested in membership or volunteerism?
1: Yeah, so you can visit our state NAACP website, which is www.naacpms.org. Uh, and what I also encourage people to do is, is to uh, find us on Facebook, Mississippi NAACP on Facebook. We are sharing a lot of information, keeping people updated on what's happening. Uh, us, along with one of our partner organizations, One Voice, uh, we've been doing a Friday afternoon series at 4 p.m., Trying to share people with information about how do they stay sort of engaged, how do they find out the latest credible factual information in response to COVID. Uh, one of the things that we found um, in this moment in this time is the importance of credible messengers and factual information, uh, and that's a role that we have played historically in the community in our community, uh, and that's what we're continuing to do. Uh, and so, please uh, look become become active in your local NAACP branch. Uh, be part of the solution, uh, and be part of the long-term work that we're going to have to do uh, in our communities uh, to see and be part of the type of change that we want to see in our own community.
2: You know, I was talking to recording artist Ted Wynn earlier in the show, and one of the statements that he made is that all of the work that's necessary, it's, it's probably gonna outlive us. We may not see all of the fruit of it in our lifetimes, but you know what, we have to be willing to buckle in and do the work to make sure that we leave it better for the generations that's coming after us. So I wanna thank you, Corey, for all of your work, all of those members and volunteers. Thank you guys for all of the work that you're doing.
1: Now look, and thank Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to join you today, uh, and with your listeners. And I appreciate the work that you're doing uh, in your own right, uh, both here and, and personally. Uh, and look forward to be part of future conversations. And, and look, we we're all in this together, and we got to keep pushing forward.
2: With the Lucky Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Last but not least for this episode, I'm talking to Dee Booker-Nixon. Dee Nixon is one of the founders of the Cure Sickle Cell Foundation, and she has been an advocate for sickle cell disease for years, and so today, we're talking about World Sickle Cell Day. So let's get right into my conversation with Dee Booker-Nixon. Hey guys, you're listening to the Inspirational Power Hour and listen, this week we have been talking, we've been having some great conversations, we've been talking about Juneteenth, we've been talking about a lot of the issues that we are facing in our community and one of those issues I am really glad to talk about today, I'm talking to my dear friend, Mrs. D. Booker Nixon, how are you ma'am?
0: I am so wonderful. And how are you?
2: I'm good. Listen, glad to be able to have this conversation with you again. Um, we haven't done this in a minute, but I'm excited to talk whenever we can share the, uh, the talk about the subject of, of sickle cell disease. And that's what we're talking about. Today is World Sickle Cell Day, uh, Friday, June the 19th. Is that correct?
0: Yes, that's absolutely right. And I want to just thank you for allowing me to talk about this today and also just the platform uh, to, to inform those that do not know, and maybe they've never heard of world sickle cell day. I'm excited to share with you.
2: Now I would like to think that everybody in our com- community, all of our listeners know what sickle cell is, but just in case there is anyone D that may not know what it is. Can you just kind of describe a little bit what sickle cell disease is?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Sickle cell disease, it's an inherited blood disorder uh, that causes the red blood cells to uh, have abnormalities and form a sickle shape. Um, What I like to tell people is to think of a a Krispy Kreme donut, nice and plump and juicy and round and smooth, and compare that with a banana shape or a sickle shape. And the red blood cells that are normal have that nice round shape, but those that are sickled have a sickle uh, shape, and that causes uh, the hemoglobin not to be able to adhere to it, and that decreases oxygen being carried to the vital organs of the body. So essentially, sickle cell disease affects uh, every organ of your body. It can be a very um, a extremely painful disease. Um, um, some of your audience members may have heard of a sickle cell crisis. And that is simply where the oxygen, where your body is not getting enough oxygen. It's not being carried properly to those vital organs. And as we know, blood travels through your entire body. So it, is, it affects
2: everything. Now, when we talk about sickle cell disease, who is it most prominent in? It is most um, prevalent in the African-American community. However,
0: it does affect other ethnicities and races, uh, those of Asian descent, Mediterranean, and some Caucasians. Um, are affected as well, but it is uh, prominent in the African-American community.
2: And even though, let's talk a little bit about the work that's been done over the years. I know uh, your foundation, the Cure Sickle Cell Foundation, has done some very important work over the years, but can we talk about a little bit of that work that's um, that's been done to fight sickle cell disease?
0: Yes, I'll have to say that um, one of our biggest advocates, if not the biggest advocate, is our national uh, sickle Cell Disease Association of America, and uh, they have really done some incredible work to help organizations like here Sickle Cell to come together and to help to advocate and spread awareness. Um, it's important that uh, we get, you know, the information out because it's unfortunate that sickle cell disease has been around for hundreds of years, and there is still no universal cure, and, you know, there are people that just don't know how, you know, what it entails, what the disease causes. So we advocate across the board. There are several organizations in uh, various states, and we raise awareness. Uh, We oftentimes have um, athletic events such as our 5K, which you're aware of. We've supported for many years our annual 5K Walk of Awareness. And, of course, blood donations are very, very important and even more vital during this pandemic, Um, you know, because people are not getting in. donate blood. Blood donations are something that survivors some have to go in for monthly um, transfusions and that actually helps them to have uh, red blood cells that are normal in shape and help to increase their their health overall.
2: So that's one way that people can uh, help with this fight is to continue to donate blood.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I was reading something that said you know, even the pandemic, the sickle cell disease is still relevant, even though the pandemic is occurring and it, it, it hasn't stopped due to it. And so we definitely need those donors and um, to come in and, and give blood. So definitely, it's one of the most important things you can do other than uh, advocating and certainly helping to encourage scientists and researchers to continue to research and obviously to raise money for the research
2: absolutely um and so i i personally know that this is is a very very personal cause for you all and, and and um it it has impacted you personally and your family you have an incredible son who has just graduated class of 2020 um all
0: those grads
2: absolutely so can you just uh if you wouldn't mind sh- w- sharing with our audience a little bit of your son's journey with this fight
0: yes Jaden. um actually had his first crises as an infant. He was about six months old. And I will never forget that, that moment, that time, and being a new mom. And um, since then, over the years, he has had multiple hospitalizations. Um, He's never had a blood transfusion, but he has had to deal with some some bad days as it relates to the pain. Um, And a lot of our survivors, have a lot that they deal with on a daily basis, having to, you know, um, even dealing with their peers, even going to school, even people uh, knowing and, and seeing that they're different. They they oftentimes are not able to play a lot of sports or do a lot of strenuous activities. And Jaden has uh, developed a love and passion for music. And over the years, music has become his therapy. And that has been a coping mechanism for him and I'm sure that, you know, other sicklers have their own coping mechanisms as well to get to get through the disease. But Jaden has been blessed overall and he is a advocate as well as his younger sister, our entire family, um, we advocate as a family for sickle cell disease. And as many opportunities as we have to talk about it, we try to do that because as we know, education is key. And I am really passionate about it because I when we moved to Mississippi Uh, I knew that uh, God had placed it on our heart. We started with a website presence, and we wanted to just talk about the options as far as a cure and the research that had been done. But God laid it on our heart to do something even more and to uh, start a foundation in his honor, but also Uh, to honor other survivors and families and to let them know that they were not alone and that we were in this fight with them together.
2: So what else? We talked about um, the advocacy. We talked about the education. We talked about the contribution and the the blood donations. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know? Any other ways that they can get involved um, in this fight uh, for against sickle cell disease? I
0: would go back and just reiterate uh, donating blood Um, If there is a local foundation in your state, join, volunteer, see what you can do to assist, make a donation, um, you know, do all of those things. And certainly help us to go to, you know, the legislatures and just make changes that it affects these families and the things that are being done and how they're cared for um, all across the board. And just to uh, continue to help us to educate each other and knowing what this uh disease entails and uh continue to help us and assist in the fight. And I'm just really excited as we celebrate Juneteenth tomorrow. We also will be celebrating um World Sickle Cell Day. And it is a day in which we, you know, it's a national awareness campaign that highlights sickle cell. So it is our it is our opportunity to talk about it, you know, and to um to dispel myths and to continue to educate those about
2: sickle cell disease. And, you know, I'm so glad you said that. I was talking earlier in the show to the executive director for the NAACP for the state of Mississippi, Corey Wiggins, and ways that we can be involved in our communities. And you talked about that legislation. And so... All You know, we're impacted so much on every facet economically with those health issues, you know, with with we, we're looking at now police reform and prison reform has been an issue and education. You know, I think it's so important. And as we know, D, we we got an election coming up this year. That's
0: right. Very important very important time for us
2: and we want to encourage all of our listeners to get involved because all of these issues impact us all of these issues so is that go ahead i'm sorry no go ahead you finish your thought
0: i was just gonna say and it's not just about uh sickle cell disease um it's about all of um the diseases and especially those that uh we as a people are disproportionately affected by but just in general having health care for all you know, and advocating for a a number of different things that affect us and our wellness.
2: And let me tell you a proud moment that I had, um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we had a protest downtown, uh, that was organized by some incredible young people, uh, for Black Lives Matter, Mississippi branch. And I'm telling you, before I got out of my car, one of the first persons I saw was Jaden walking around with his mask on and with his friends, you know, and, and even with friends that did not look like him, but they were out there supporting the cause. And I think that speaks volumes to, to you and your husband and, And to you all as a family.
0: Well, I appreciate you saying that. And it it really, uh, we felt like proud parents as well that day. He did not want to walk with us. He wanted to be there among his peers and be there to walk in solidarity with them. And I just think it's amazing. And I just encourage, you know, all of our young folks, there, there are things that they all can do. They all can advocate for various different causes and make some effective changes. And as you just said, that was a very impressive group of young individuals that organized that, and I think that is that gives us hope. That that gives us hope for the future, hope for uh, better days are coming, and um and that and that's for everything. And I think that we should remain encouraged and uh, celebrate celebrate those milestones and continue working hard in those causes that are so relevant to all of
2: us. Okay, Dee, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about World Sickle Cell Day or sickle cell disease as a whole?
0: I would encourage uh, your listeners to go and follow the amazing work that the Sickle Cell Disease Association of America is doing, also known as SCDAA, on all social media platforms. And I would love for your listeners to also follow Cure Sickle Cell Foundation and all the foundations uh, that are doing great work and wanting to continue uh, the fight and just continue as Jesse Jackson said, it, just keep hope alive and um, one, we will get to a cure one day. We're going to continue to pray and I solicit prayers as well for everyone that is affected by sickle cell disease.
2: Alright guys, thank you so much Dee for taking time and for sharing Thank you so we, much. Uh, we will continue to support and we will continue to keep pushing until we have a cure.
0: Thank you and thank you Shonda um, for doing amazing things in the community and presenting all of our causes and, and just being an advocate for all of us. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the inspirational power hour podcast. Listen, please make sure to follow all of my guests online. Let's remember to get engaged and get involved. And let's remember to exercise our right to vote. As always, make sure to follow online on Instagram, follow at Chandra Wise, on Twitter at Chandra Wise, and on Facebook, make sure to like the Inspirational Power Hour fan page. All right, guys, remember God blesses us to be a blessing. So let's take time and bless somebody else. Stay focused and encouraged. Have a good one, and I'll see you next time. It's the inspirational power.